Welcome to Gone Again Podcast with Robin and Kelly. We're a couple of travel agents who always seem to find ourselves gone again on vacation. This episode, we're going to talk about the different ways to get around the Walt Disney World property. So grab your mouse tool, whether it be a glass of wine or water, and be our guest. So Kelly, I think today we're going to kind of hop into some kind of frequently asked questions we get from folks. And, and a lot of that tends to revolve around like transportation and tickets. Yes. Yes. Tickets, I feel like, is a huge question. Transportation to and from the airport is another one. And just the basics of getting around, you know, because, you know, a lot of times when you fly to a resort or a location, you pretty much just stay there. Like you fly to the beach, you go to your hotel, you stay there, you come home. And Walt Disney World is completely different. So, um, you know, we just want to kind of go over some options and, and make sure that our clients and know how to get where they're going. So, yeah. So the first thing is let's maybe talk tickets and how to get them. So I know for most of our clients, we book them as a package or tickets that they're staying off property. Um, so what do you often tell your clients? Like, how do they pick up their tickets? Are they getting tickets in the mail? Are they getting an email ticket? Are they showing up? Well, with with Walt Disney World tickets, they aren't mailing anything out right now. They're not emailing a barcode. From what I understand, you have to pick them up at will call. Um, is that what you've seen, Robin, with tickets only? Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a will call pickup. Um, yeah. The only time I've seen where it's not, the people haven't had to go to will, will call is if like they already have a Disney account and we've added it yeah. to their magic band. Right. Yes. So I tell people like right now, if you are booking a package and staying on property, um, magic band selection right now is very limited. They said that there's a supply chain issue getting those. Um, but I've also told people if you have magic bands from prior trips, those will still work. Um, I highly encourage most people to use them. It is a convenience that I personally like, um, because you're hands-free you know, you, you scan your band, you're in, you're done. Um, they're not complimentary anymore, which is a bummer, but they're still a convenience that I prefer to have rather than getting my phone out and doing, you know, paper tickets and all that stuff. Um, there's also an option if you're staying on property to get a keys to the world card, you go to the front desk, they will give you a card. It's like a little plastic credit card that will have your park tickets, your, um, you know, if you have genie plus selections, things like that, it'll all be on there. Or there's the option of going to, um, will call picking up plastic tickets as well. There's also the magic mobile where you put them into your Apple wallet. So there's options, free options to get your tickets. The magic bands you do have to pay for, um, there's just, there's different options. I kind of wish like our local theme parks, like Kings Island, when you buy tickets, they send you an email that has a barcode and you walk up and you scan it. That's it. Um, I wish that Disney did something like that, but right now they're not. Now you do Disneyland and Disney world are very different when it Mm -hmm. comes to this. So when we went to Disneyland, not only did we have our paper ticket, which they, so 
we bought our tickets and we had like the email confirmation. We went to the turnstile, presented our email confirmation. They printed us a ticket at the turnstile. And yeah. then we had to present a, a QR code that we'd done ahead of time, which was our park reservation. So we showed them the, the ticket confirmation. They printed us a paper ticket. Then they scanned the park reservation. And then they scanned the ticket they just printed. And that's how you got into Disneyland. So it's it felt way more complicated over at Disneyland, but it was all at like one moment. Mm-hmm. And I think over at Disney World with the magic bands, um, and I've tried to use the magic mobile on my watch. I have an Apple watch. Um, uh-huh. it, I've heard it works for other people. I have never been able to get it to work for me. It's very inconsistent. Um, Adam has been able to get his to use, but it won't load the tickets onto mine. Yeah. I just, I feel like they say it's a feature and I tell folks don't depend on it. <laughs> it doesn't seem to work reliably. But then I think the the key with like the magic band and why I often recommend it, because it doesn't only work for your tickets. It's also your room key. Um, it gets you in and out of the pool areas. Um, I love that like when we go to the pool, it charges to the room. So I don't have to take my wallet to the pool. I just wear my magic band. I walk up to the bar, scan it, and I'm good to go. Um, but that's only if you're staying on property. Like right. guests off property that maybe have magic bands from prior trips, they can't charge stuff in the parks. Right. So that, a, that's something important to note. Yeah. Yeah. And but I've staying also... staying on property and being able to charge stuff on your magic band is a huge perk. You don't have to get your card out all the time. You just, boom, it's done. Yeah. So I, I often tell folks the most reliable thing is to just plan on going by will call. If anything, your first day, each park's going to have a will call booth. You can make sure everything is set up. They can look at your park reservations, mm-hmm. make sure everything's showing up for the whole week. And that way, if you have some weird Disney glitch in their IT, which unfortunately I feel like happens more often than not, you're catching it at the beginning of your trip. Yeah. And and we had that with our magic bands in oh, one of our trips where our magic bands wouldn't open the door. And so we had to go to the front desk to have them reconfigurate things. So while technology is great, it is not always seamless. And so that's yeah. something to keep in mind. So, so then kind of um, thinking along those lines with like tickets, I often get asked um, by folks like, should I stay on property? Uh-huh. Um, and I think that the ticket option and the magic band, I think is like the first step into answering that question. Yeah. It's a huge perk. It's, it's very convenient to have all those things on your wrist, easily accessible. Um, you know, guests off property, you can link your tickets to it. You have to buy them at full price. Guests on property, get them at a discount. But guests off property can't connect a credit card. Um, you know, there's there's just different things that guests on property get perks with that for. Yeah, and I think there there's still also like other perks too with staying on property. Yeah. So so I think this the more seamless ticketing experience is definitely the perk of staying on property when you do like the package through so the room and tickets together. Um mm-hmm. but then there's other perks too with staying on property, like when it comes to lightning lane purchases. Yes. Mm-hmm. You wanna maybe talk about um I know because you did our Rise of the Resistance which was like yeah. a bit of a nightmare and we were still on property for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we were on right at seven and guests that stay on property have the opportunity to buy those individual lightning lanes at 7 a.m. Guests off property have to wait until they scan into the parks. So, you know, that could be two hours. It could be, you know, an hour that guests on property have that that advantage. Um, but when we were staying on property at the Polynesian in March, we wanted to do Rise. I went on. It said return time was like 9.10. I thought, holy smokes, that's awesome. I go to book it. It says, now your time is one o'clock. I hit confirm. It says, all right, you've got 2.30. And yeah. I was like, how did that happen? Just in in seconds. And I'm pretty quick with, the, with booking these because I've done them before. You know, you just have to, you just have to book. So even on property, our return time was six hours after park opening. They, these sell out, you know, these individual lightning lanes for the attractions that you have to buy separately. If you're staying off property, it's really difficult to try to get those that, that day. It's flight of passage sells out in minutes. Slinky dog. No, not slinky dog. Rise. Rise of the Resistance sells out in se- in minutes. Seven Doors Mine Trains the same way. And, you know, we were talking before we jumped on here. We figure that Guardians of the Galaxy will be. And that's going to be an Epcot. Big, yeah, that's at Epcot. So that's the one at Epcot. Remy is the one now that you buy the individual lightning lane for. We're assuming that Guardians will be the paid lightning lane, but we have no idea. So though, if that's the case, those will literally go in seconds. Yeah, I think – so we've got Rise we've tried, and we know yep. that sells out. So that's in Hollywood Studios. You have Remy and Epcot. And as of right now, that sells out pretty quick. I would say sometimes you can get till 7.20, 7.30 with that one. Uh-huh. But um, it's still before park opening. It's still definitely before park opening. You've got Seven Dwarfs over in Magic Kingdom. That's gone in seconds. Yep. And then, um, what am I leaving out? Pandora. So Flight of Passage over in Animal Kingdom. Yep. That's another one I think you can have to like 7.10, 7.15. But either way, if any of those are deal breakers, that if you don't get on one of those rides, you're going to feel like you really missed out on your trip, then I think it's a conversation about let's get on property. How do we yeah. make that happen? And I think, you know, for the most part, Disney does a really good job of having offerings at all different budget levels. I know, like, yeah. literally today, I booked a campsite for $66 a night. Um, yeah. Do I personally camp? No. My family does, so they can have fun, right? But but I think just because you're on a budget doesn't mean Disney doesn't have options for you to be on property to access those perks. Right. And it's not saying that if you don't have this individual lightning lane that you can't ride the attraction, you absolutely can. You just have to do standby. And, you know, sometimes the lines may be an hour and that's totally fine with you. Um, but, you know, attractions like Rise of the Resistance or Flight of Passage, they can be two and a half hours. That's a, that's a lot of time out of your day that's well, out of that. And you know? the thing I often think about, too, is Rise, because it has so much technology in it, often goes down. Yes. And so could you imagine waiting in a two-hour line? No. It goes down. 
You have to leave line and now you have to come back and do it again? No. It would be torturous. Yeah. Uh, No. Mm -mm. Yeah. If these are, if these are must-dos, like, let's find you a place on property. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, there, there are options for every price point. So that's, that's a good point. And also, you know, Disney announced last July or June, whatever it was, that the dining plans will be coming back. You and I have personally discussed the reasons that they haven't come back. You know, it could be staffing issues, could be food shortages. You know, there's there's a lot of things why it probably hasn't come back yet. Indoor seating capacity could be still limited. Um, but only guests on property were able to book the dining plan before. So, you know, I, I don't see it coming back free. That's totally just a guess. But I think when they do bring back the dining plan and it's for guests on property, it's something that we always booked just because it was nice to have that prepaid kind of all-inclusive feel. And I know a lot of people want to do the same where you just pay for it ahead of time. So when you get there, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And I think that definitely because it makes it feel more like an all-inclusive. Absolutely. You know, you kind of, you, you, I would say the dining plan doesn't necessarily save you money, but what it does is it lets you feel more on vacation. Yeah. Suddenly that filet mignon doesn't feel as painful. (laughs) Or a bougie 10-year-old who wants the kid's surf and turf. Right? Or, you know, if you, even an adult is sitting in a meal and you're like, gosh, I really want the filet, but it's $65. I should probably just get the chicken that's 30 if it's a prepaid meal, you're going to get that filet that you want versus what your wallet is saying you want. Right. One so, dining credit counts the same, whether you order the chicken or the steak. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are perks that have gone away. You know, the Magical Express is gone. There's paid options now to get you to the resorts. You know, there are some things that are gone, but there are other things that are really, really valuable. And we even said that that extra 30 minutes of getting into the park early is clutch. Well, and if you're willing to spend the money to stay deluxe right now, those (laughs) deluxe after hours, holy moly, that is, I am a-okay with that. That night we went to Magic Kingdom was amazing. It was a blast. (laughs) It was, there was no one there. And that was so much fun. Yeah, I think we got when we went and rode Space Mountain and we got off Space Mountain and it was like eerie because we were the only people around. It was like when we were there in July of 2020. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Except things were open. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, yeah. And and the other big thing, I think, kind of thinking about dining, um, when you stay on property, they also let you or us as your travel agents usually us as your travel agents because who wants to get up at 5 a.m other than travel agents right um book dining for your whole trip so when your dining window opens if you're staying on property you can book your entire trip when that one day when you're when you're the for the right time frame right now it's 60 days but it's fluctuated over the years Um, Mm -hmm. so we can go in and book your whole trip, which means if you want something that's really hard to get, like a Topolino's, a BR guest, um, space 220, 
Space 220, those are things that we have to get strategic for and figure out mm-hmm. when we can book them to stand the best chance to get them for you. And I think that's also another reason to use an agent is, you know, Absolutely. not just us, but like travel agents tend, we kind of know those uh-huh. tricks to like, not that we have access to reservations that other people don't, but knowing no. that, wait, you've got a seven day trip. Let's put your Epcot day toward the end. That's going to give me a better chance to get you a certain dining reservation. Um, right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that like strategic planning. And and when you stay off property, not only do you have to get up and book your dining, but you have to do it every day, 60 days out. Mm-hmm. So if you have a seven day trip for seven days in a row, you have to get up and book yep. dining each day for seven days. Um, and by lot. that time it's gone. Yes. Yeah. You have to either not care where you're going to eat or pick something that's not a hot commodity. Right. So yeah, I definitely think if if there's certain rides that are on your your must-do list and if there's certain restaurants on your must-do list, being on property is is sort of like an insurance policy to help increase your chances of getting what you want. Yeah. And you know, another perk that we didn't talk about is transportation. Yeah. You know, so when you're on property, so there's with the Skyliner now, there are two value resorts, a moderate and, I mean, if you call Beach and Yacht Club one, then there's three deluxe resorts that are all on the the Skyliner that can get you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. You have Monorail to get you to Epcot and Magic Kingdom. Like, then they also have buses. They have boats. You know, there's so many easy ways to get around Walt Disney World as a resort and you don't have to drive, which for me, when I'm on vacation, if I don't have to drive, I am in heaven. Right. And I will tell you coming from Washington, D.C., uh, <laughs> I spend enough time in my car. Thank you sure. very much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like my brother just got back and they stayed at Riviera and he said the fact that they could just walk out of their hotel resort get on the Skyliner and in minutes be at Hollywood Studios or Epcot. He's like, it was so amazing. You didn't have to drive anywhere. You just like got on this transportation and you just went. And that, it's so nice. One of the questions I often get is how much does the transportation cost? And Mm -hmm. the thing is, is once you're on, you're in the Disney bubble. So once you get to your resort, the buses, the monorail, the Skyliner and the friendship boats are all free. They're all included yep. with your resort stay. So if you're looking at your your trip budget and you, you, you're you somebody who's been like, okay, we can have this much money for a hotel and this much money for a rental car. When we're planning a Disney trip, we can take that rental car budget and throw it into your resort budget and get you a nicer resort because yep. you don't need that rental car expense anymore. Exactly. So it, it's another way, I think, to make the Disney resort prices more achievable easier to reach um because i know there's definitely sticker shock sometimes when you look at some of these resort prices Um, oh yeah i mean especially some of the deluxe resorts it is yeah not cheap yeah it's but there's the convenience factor right and you just have to determine for yourself if that's more of a value than staying off property right And I will say, you know, I have stayed off property a couple of times on trips I've taken. 
Um, we've rented houses. I've stayed off property at at other hotels, and I've had some really great experiences. I've had some meh experiences. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which I always share with my clients. I'm like, well, I I totally recommend this place. I you know not so much over here. Um, right. And I I also really appreciate that as all of the agency we're with and all of the other agents that I've noticed oftentimes when we do have clients that want to stay somewhere not on property, the ability we have like a Slack channel where we all chat to say, Hey, I have a client or I want to go to so-and-so. Has anybody been there? Does anybody have any recommendations and making sure that we're so used to like, I think the Disney quality that when you go off property, adjusting expectations, right? It's not that anything is bad, but it's different. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, staying at a Holiday Inn can be great, but it's, is it up to your standards of staying on Disney property? And that's why it's so nice to talk to other agents and know like, yes, this client had a great experience. This one did not, you know, this is good. This is not, it just, it benefits more people when you're putting that kind of money into a vacation to know what's And I feel like it, it's so that. hard to go off like, the online reviews at different places. Cause I feel like the only people that ever tend to leave online reviews are like the people who had the worst experience. Right. If you go to anywhere and say it has 10 one-star reviews, like that sucks. And it could have had 10,000 that were good. Right. So I think it really takes a village to, to figure out this stuff. So I'm glad I have you to help me sometimes. It's nice. <laughs> when I text you, I'm like, Kelly, help me. That is what we're for. So <laughs> um, so we've gone over transportation. We've talked about, you know, options for t- um, staying on property, off property, all that fun stuff. But another question that I get a lot, and I'm sure you do too, is how long should I plan a vacation? Um, you know, some people want to just go, go, go all the time. I like to tell people to, you know, plan for some downtime because there's so much to do other than the parks. But if I were to ask you, Robin, like how long should your vacation be? And you can't say forever because that's (laughs) not an option. So I will say personally, when I plan like my own family's vacation, What I really like to do, now take into consideration, we're DVC annual pass holders and we have the Southwest credit card that we fly on. So um, we have have already given our money. Yeah, but but also not your typical family. Not everybody has rooms paid for, tickets paid for, all that. Right. So if if I get somebody who's like, I want a once in a lifetime vacation, what do you do for yourself? So here's what I do. I like a 10-day vacation, and here's why. I like to arrive and not do anything, hang out at the pool, get to know my resort, and I like to do two park days, a rest day, two park days, a rest day, two park days, a rest day, and go at that pattern. And that way I hit all of the parks, but every time I go to the park, I only go for a half a day, and then I come back and do the pool. So I end up having a full park day at each park. So I see rope drop and close at each park, but on different days. Um, That to me is the best way to do it because then 
I'm not going home exhausted. I minimize my FOMO because I get to see rope drop and fireworks. Um, and I get to enjoy my resort, which is not inexpensive, you know? Um, right. That's exactly <laughs> what my brother's family just did. They arrived on a Thursday. They kind of just chilled by the pool. I think it might have rained. So they just like hung out, got to know the resort. They ended up having an off day on that Friday. And then they did two park days off, two park days off, two park days off. And they loved it. Like they said it was the most relaxing trip they've ever taken. But they, prior to this, they were the family that got there when the park opened, left when it closed. And that is a lot. Like they, they even said like, you know, maybe next time we'll only do like four days because they, they realized, you know, that there's, there's enjoyment in other things other than theme parks, but they loved the time that they spent at Walt Disney world as a, as a whole. Yeah. The other way I would say, if you're, you know, looking for a more like budget conscious and like 10 days feels not super realistic, um, which I think is is more the norm. Um, sure. I'm very lucky that we have DVC and our credit card to give me there as much as I do. Well, yeah. Um, you know, but we we decided what we want to do. We're Disney people, right? Obviously, so we've kind of yeah. our family is all in. But for maybe the families who are a little less married to Disney World, um, I always recommend the five five days. There feels good. It usually can create a pretty decent sustainable budget and that way you get two park days off day two park days um but you Mm -hmm. i still think that two days on one day off pattern for however many days makes sense for your family i feel like that that feels like the sweet spot for me yeah that that day off is so important i think well and i'll be honest i mean i think about the last couple of trips you and i have done yeah. Some of the best memories were on our off days. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm so glad we had that pool day right? built in. Yes. I mean, how many times have we talked about John Quill, our amazing poolside <laughs> waitress? Or, the, right? Like, or our dinner at Papalino's. Like, I mean, it was just, it was what a vacation should feel like. Yes. Yes. So I think... And- yeah, yeah. I, and I tell people too, like, uh, you know, if you want to do four park days, I like to do like arrival day as a chill day. You don't know if your flight's going to get delayed, canceled. So I tell people don't plan on making plans that day, even dining reservations, because no need to add stress. Know. Right. You know, and and we're scrambling then to try to move them and cancel and all that stuff. And it's just it's a hassle. Uh, and, and unneeded stress. Yeah. So I tell people, you know, arrive, do two parks, off day, two parks, and then fly home if you want. You know, like you wouldn't have to have a, one more day of rest before you go home. But the resorts there are fantastic. It doesn't matter if you're a value or a deluxe. They all have fantastic theming, food, pools. There's just so many great things about the resorts there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's hard because when you hear Disney value, I think people think like Motel 6 
Oh, but definitely it's, not. It, like, Disney value is still a very nice non-Disney hotel. Yeah. It's just in comparison within the Disney world, it's value. So it's, again, right. also, I think the expectation management of when they use the word value, it's in comparison to their deluxe. It's not in comparison to the off-property. Correct. Yeah, we're we're staying at a value resort before we check in to Riviera in May because the flights were so much cheaper to fly in the day before. So, you know, it those resorts are great. You and I stayed at Pop Century. Like, yeah. I love Pop Century. The rooms are newly refurbished. It's on the um Skyliner rail. Like, it's They delivered our luggage to the room. room. Correct, they did, and that was awesome. Right, like, like we just walked into our room and our luggage was there, and it was like, okay, so that's not a value, quote unquote, experience, right? Correct. But that's the yep. Disney experience. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, well, so, if you if it's in your budget and you can stretch a little bit longer vacation, I do tend to recommend that because. There's Putt Putt. There's Disney Springs. I mean, there's so many. Well, and kind of going back to the ticket question, um, mm-hmm. Disney has different kinds of tickets. Mm-hmm. So not only is there just the one park one day and Park Hopper, I feel like that's all anybody really kind of talks about. But there is another option, which is yeah. the sports and water package water. or something. But yep. I think that's really cool because say you buy a four-day Park Hopper ticket and you add on the water and sports package. What that means is so you now you can go to the park four days and you have four credits to go to the water parks, mini golf. Um, I think yep. the nine-hole golf course is listed on there. So normally like to go to a water park is going to be 60, 70 bucks a person for yep. one day. You could in theory do yep. four park days and four water park days and get an eight-day park experience for the price of basically right. this four-day ticket with this add-on. Right. I know yeah, that's that we, a very good point. We've done it before, um, and it's great because, in fact, the way we use that package is so Mike and my dad went and played golf. Me and my mom and Ellie went to Typhoon Lagoon, and then they came over after they were done golfing and joined us at Typhoon Lagoon. So they got to do like two paid activities that were just check boxes on their ticket. Um, and we didn't have to pay anything out of pocket once we were there. So um, there's definitely like multiple ticket options. Um, and again, they scanned in with those. They had magic bands for that. So they just scanned their yeah. magic band when they got to Typhoon Lagoon and they got in. No questions asked. Yeah. And water parks don't need a park reservation. So that's nice. Which is also, also very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the fact that if you buy a water park ticket, it's dated, which is like, oh, that makes me nervous. But if you do this sports add-on, you can pick your water park day for whatever day you want once you get there and see what the weather's going to be like. Exactly. You're not locked into saying, oh, well, we bought our Typhoon Lagoon ticket for Thursday. And of course, that's the one day it's going to rain. Right. Like, that's, that's fine. fine. We'll go another day. Yeah. So that was my tangent on tickets. <laughs> um, but, you know, I will say it also leads me to my final question. I think I get asked probably the most frequently. 
And it's not even really a question, but it, it often becomes a conversation between me and my clients. And I'm curious, Kelly, if you ever have this question come up where I have people that say, I'm thinking about going to the parks for two days. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I even like, have a lot of people that want to do just one day. And, you know, a lot of people just kind of want to, um, you know, dip their toe in the Disney bubble and see how it is. And, you know, I, I get that, but it's also hard to get a full feel for the Disney parks with just one or two days, you know, because each park offers so many different options and experiences that it's hard to say after one or two days that you've done Disney. Well, and I also feel like for the families that are testing it out to like, oh, how do my kids handle it? It's not a fair representation of how your kids are going to handle it. Because Mm -hmm. I find, I would say with almost 100%, the people I know that have one day or two day park tickets try to do everything. And they're exhausted. The kids become cranky. Nobody has a good time. And then they're like, see, we're not Disney people. And I'm like, anybody can be a Disney person. But you got to do it. You got to slow down. You got to listen to your kids. You got to listen to your own body. You you know, there's just too much going on, I think. And I don't know how to mentally slow down when you only have a two-day ticket and there's so much happening. Right. Yeah. You, you can't slow down because you want to try to see and do everything. And you and I have said, even on a an eight-day trip with annual passes, you don't see everything. You don't get to do everything. And... You know, I I could feel that stress of trying to do it all in one day at one park. Like that would, that would be an anxiety riddled day for me. Yeah. I, anytime I hear that people want a two day ticket, I'm like, okay, let's talk about why. Like what is, what is making you think too? And, and sometimes, you know, they have a good point that it's a big budget stretch already. And this is kind of all they could do. I hear that, right? Like that's fine. If that's the case. Like, let's talk through that. But if it's Mm -hmm. just because we're testing the waters or you're not sure you're Disney people, um, you know, I'll say like I had a client who when she first talked with me, um, she (laughs) told me the story that she said when she had her kids, she was in the hospital and she realized the moment she was holding her child. Oh, gosh, I now have to go to Disney World. I'm a parent. (laughs) And she yep. was like, I'm, I'm not a Disney person. Oh no. Oh no. I'm not a Disney person. And she was like, you know, now my, my kid is, is eight. Um, Robin, can you help me go to Disney world? Cause I now have to do this. And she was a two day park ticket was where we started. And I said, you know what? Here's my thoughts. And she said, you know, what? I'm going to trust you. And in fact, she goes, I'm not going to do a four day park ticket. Let's do five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Let me tell you that this client made TikTok after TikTok after TikTok about how much she loves Disney. Oh, I saw those. How she can't wait to come back. And she's messaging me. Hilarious. She's like, don't tell anybody I love Disney. Don't use my name because I'll lose my street cred. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And she's like, now I need to plan a friend, a trip for like just the adults with my friend. She's like, oh gosh, what has happened? I'm totally a Disney person. I was like, because... We planned a smart trip. Yeah. I, think I actually had, she- had that happen with, yeah. Um, I had that happen with somebody who went in January and it was her, her husband or two kids. She had gone as a little kid 
And she just remembered hating Epcot, like hating it with a passion. And I kept telling her, I was like, you're going to love this park. It's the Festival of the Arts. There's all this food. There's all this stuff. Like, you are going to love it. And she's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm, and she's like angry about it. She texts me the other day. Okay, so I want to do a girl's trip and then we want to do a couple days at Epcot. And I was like, wait, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not happy. I think, um, you know, it's one of those things that like, I know you and I as travel agents, our goal is to not upsell. Like that we are not Correct. in it. I'm not no. here to make the most off your vacation possible. I'm here to make you have the best vacation possible. Absolutely. And, and it is not, I do not say all of this because I'm trying to increase commission or anything like that. I say it because I genuinely have done it the other way and it sucked. Right. Yeah. It's the, the extra commission is not worth it. If we're not planning the best trip possible for you and your family, it's not. No, no. So. Nope. Absolutely Okay. Do you have any other like frequently asked questions or anything like that that you want to go over? I think we hit all my stuff. How about you? Well, yeah, I just want to stress, and I think this should be our tip of the week. We kind of talked about it a lot, but please, please, please listen to us. Or if you're doing this on your own, schedule in some resort time because the resorts offer so much and you want to feel relaxed and settled, you know, don't feel like every moment of the trip needs to be planned. Just take a deep breath, relax, enjoy the resort because there is so, so much to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I would say your resort time doesn't matter if you're at a value, a moderate or a deluxe, all of the resorts have fabulous offerings that make it worth yep. having a resort day. Yep. Absolutely. So I think with that, we'll wrap up this uh, FAQ episode. But I think if folks have other questions or things they want us to answer, um, you know, drop them in the comments, send us an email. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Gone Again Podcast. You can also find Kelly and I on Instagram and Facebook um, with our travel agent pages um and give us a follow and let us know if you have other questions we can always do another faq episode absolutely so as walt disney said the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing so let us know if you need any help planning your next trip thanks everybody have a good one bye